listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. This is Mikey Puckett. I'm the youth pastor at Seven Rivers Church, and we're starting this awesome series called By Life or By Death, A Call to Rejoice in Suffering. Essentially, it's a guidebook for you to navigate through this uncertain time with the coronavirus and and the world kind of shutting down. And so we want to just provide for you guys this content, this guidebook um, that's going to help you think through um, this situation and think through um, how does it look like to follow Jesus um, during a moment like this. And so where we're really getting this from is from the book of Philippians. And in Philippians 1, 20 through 21, this is what Paul writes. Whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so from that verse right there, we're going to be doing this series. uh, And we're so excited to give it to you guys and pass it out. But first, I want to before we talk a little bit more about that, I want to introduce to you some of my friends uh, and some of my coworkers. These are people who I love, adore, and think are awesome. So first up is... Hey, I am Sarah Harris. I'm the Discipleship Director at Seven River Student Ministry. Hey, I'm Jason Nguyen. I'm the two-year resident, and I'm so excited about this. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Dana Galliardo, the Administrator at Seven River Student Ministry. Awesome. So Sarah, will you just explain to us a little bit of what this is going to look like for someone who's listening right now? How can they engage with this content and and what does that look like and how can they use it? Yeah, so we're really excited about this. Um, First, you can engage with this by going to our website, sevenrivers.org backslash by life or by death. So just spell it all out, sevenrivers.org backslash by life or by death. And when you get these emails, what you're going to get is every day we've got some content that's going to upload. And so we've just got a guidebook for you guys. We're going to do a devotion every other day, and there's going to be a podcast every other day. And so that devotion is going to walk with you through the book of Philippians. We're going to talk about joy and suffering. We're going to talk about how to live as Christians. We're going to talk about a lot of really fun stuff. And then every other day there's going to be a podcast as well. And so you're going to get to hear stories of people that you know, people that you love, people that you don't know, people that um, you're going to want to know. And so you're just going to get to hear stories, 10-minute short kind of stories about ways that God um, has given us joy even in the midst of our own suffering and our own disappointment. So we're really excited to share this with you guys. Yeah. So if you're listening to this right now, you're listening to the story section. So this is episode one. The first story that we will be sharing is my story 
and how I walked through a season uh, with my daughter Blakely where we found out news about her having alabar holoprosencephaly, which is a terminal illness, and then how we navigated that season all the way up to her birth. So this is one of my most treasured stories. I'm excited to share with you guys, and I hope that you guys enjoy it, and you guys stay tuned uh, for the stories that will be coming up in the next few days. Uh, we love you guys. We believe you're lovable through your relationship with Jesus, and uh, if you need anything, uh, please reach out to us. You can email us at srsm at sevenrivers.org. Uh, that's srsm at sevenrivers.org. So feel free to email us. Uh, share your story back with us. Share maybe a story that you have walked through um, with suffering and how God has worked and moved in your life. So signing off, this is Mikey Puckett. Dana Galliardo. Jason Uwehid. And Sarah Harris. In 2016, my wife Emily and I wanted to have a child. We were anxious and afraid that we wouldn't be able to. I remember one night Emily and I gathered together and we decided to pray and ask God for a child and trust Him that He would do what's best. And the very next morning, Emily was waking me up with a smile from ear to ear in this excitement and she was saying, we're having a baby, we're having a baby. And I thought, wow, that was really quick. God answered our prayers. He blessed us. And we couldn't wait to tell everybody about our child. I remember our 20-week appointment. I remember sitting in the corner of the doctor's office on a vinyl chair while Emily was sitting on the patient's table on that crinkly white paper. I remember the fluorescent lights and they were so bright. Before the doctor came in, I remember looking at Emily's face. She was glowing, her eyes were glimmering, her cheeks were raised and her lips were in that shape of a smile, but she couldn't help it. She was just full of joy, smiling. And I remember thinking to myself, this is the happiest I've ever seen her. So I took out my phone and I took a picture of her. And she was so embarrassed because it was, it's weird. It's weird to take a picture in a doctor's office. And then the doctor walked in. And just in the way the door was open, you knew something was wrong. It was a slow open and a gentle close. The doctor walked to the sink and posted up against the counter ledge. Most doctors, you know, have these corny jokes when they, they stutter over as they walk in to the room and as they begin to talk to their patients. But our doctor in this moment had nothing to say. And that's when I knew something was wrong. The doctor looked down at her clipboard and looked up at us and said these words, there is a problem. At the 20-week appointment, Emily and I found out that our baby girl had alabar holoprosencephaly. This is when the brain fails to divide into two hemispheres. And the doctor told us that she did not expect our baby to make it full term, and that if the baby made it full term, she did not expect it to live through birth. She told us that if our baby even surpassed all of those uh, monu monumental moments, that even if she lived, she would likely have a life full of suffering. After our 20-week appointment, we drove home in tears, uncontrollable tears. We felt dirty, we felt shameful. We felt like we were going to let down everyone with this news, and we were embarrassed. 
we were hopeless and we were mad. How could God do something like this to us? We prayed to him for this baby girl and he said, yes, you can have her, but I'm going to make her different. We didn't want a baby that was different. We didn't want a girl with alabar, although pros and separately. Why would God let this happen? If God is good, then why would he let something bad happen to our daughter? We were wrenched and twisted with emotions and we wept. We called our families and friends and we wept. We were mourning the death of our dream baby, the baby that would grow up, get married, have kids, and help us grow old. The baby that we wanted died at our 20-week appointment. The dreams of daddy-daughter dances and walking her down the aisle and watching her be a mother died at that appointment. And the reality that we were left with was this. Our girl was going to have a short life. She wasn't going to have any of those good, good things. She was going to suffer, and she was going to die. We did not want this. And my confession is I did not want her. Not only was she going to have a hard life, but she was going to have a dad who didn't want her. But then a miracle happened. Emily and I were struggling in our faith. We were struggling to believe in God's goodness, and we struggled to have hope. And as each doctor's appointment, it would come and go. We would be flooded with a mix of emotions. And, and I would leave these appointments, and I would be angry, and I would be hopeless. I would be frustrated at the doctor. I was mad that I could not fix the problem. And I was mad at them that they couldn't fix it either. I needed them to help me in my suffering, and they weren't. But people prayed for us, and people reached out to us, and people were unrelenting in the pursuit of us. And we were difficult people to love. We were very sad. We were depressed. We were angry. We were volatile people to be around, and yet people kept drawing near to us. My family flew up to St. Louis for Christmas to be near to us. My friends would sit down with me and have coffee and ask me these deep, hard questions and listen to me share my feelings and my honest opinions, and they sat with me and they cried with me. My church paid for my medical expenses, which were astronomical. But one of the most beautiful things that happened was this gathering of friends, family, coworkers, pastors, and community. They all came together and gathered to celebrate my daughter, who we decided to call Blakely. I remember this gathering because it was life-changing. We gathered in a beautiful house. There was plenty of food and beer for everyone. At first, it was just your typical party, and everything felt normal. But at the same time, we knew we were all together for something abnormal. Something wasn't right. And then we huddled together in the living room. They gave me an opportunity to share my heart and my feelings. And I read a speech about Blakely. I told everyone that I wish I was saying all these things at her wedding or graduation. I told everyone that I really wish this wasn't happening to her. And something beautiful happened to me as I spoke. I felt a deep love for my daughter come over me. I began to want this child. My heart that was hardened towards her began to soften, not because of anything I did, but because of God's people who gathered together to say to me, Mikey, Blakely matters. She is loved. She is beautiful and she is wanted. Even though the world would reject her, even though her body would fail her, even though the doctor said there was no hope for her, Blakely was overwhelmingly lovable even in the womb. And after I shared and cried before my community, they all hugged us, laid hands on us, prayed for us, and asked God to move. I'll never forget that day and the way it changed my life. On April 28, 2017, Blakely would be born in the early morning. 
I remember the people and their faces. I remember the doctors and the nurses and the friends and the family. I remember the prayers, the countless conversations, the emails, texts, and letters. And I remember the gifts and the love and the support from each and every one of the people in my community. It was beautiful. It was overwhelming. And it was joyful. Then I remember holding Blakely for the very first time. I was melting in her presence with each blink of her eyes and crinkle of her lips. I would completely underestimated the power of life and the explosive feelings of love that it can deliver to your heart. And as each second passed with Blakely in our presence, I felt like love was a hammer and my heart was the anvil. I was being beaten into fatherhood and I could feel my selfishness, pride, anger, bitterness, and malice break away. As the hammer kept pounding, my heart gushed with love. I was soaking in love and was snotty and puffy-eyed and goo-goo-ga-ga for Blakely. It could not have been any sweeter to be her daddy. And in that moment, nothing else mattered. A few weeks later, I reflected on her birth and I wrote these words in a blog and I want to share them with you. Here's what I wrote. As I write to all of you now, I want to say, praise God. He has listened, he has answered, and he has shown his love to my little family through all the hugs, notes, gifts, and prayers. There is a long road ahead of us, and it's gonna be full of good moments like her birth and hard moments like her seizures, but God is with us. My prayer during this time has been this, God, here we are, do what you must. God must do what he has to do, and I do trust him. My family trusts him, and whatever must be done to us, let it be done. He is making all things right, and I cling to the promise that one day all will be made new, including my little family. But for now, in the good and the bad, I am seeing God. Even in the suffering, I feel his presence. He has been in a position where he himself has witnessed his own son, Jesus, live, suffer, and die. As I write this right now, I'm awake because Blakely's heart rate plummeted during the night. Emily and I stood by her crib as we watched it plummet a few more times. We did not know what was going on, but we had to sit in that moment looking over our daughter and praying to God that we can have more time. It's up to him, but I know that he knows what it feels like to be in our shoes. He's been where we have been, and he will see it through. I can't do anything but let the pain steam and let the joy fill up and trust God to be God. End of blog post. Even in the darkest moments, there was joy and suffering. Through suffering, God transformed my heart. When I held Blakely for the first time, God changed my heart from a father who did not want his child to a father who wanted his child. I rejoice that my life has been changed, and I know that this was the way it had to be done. I rejoice that I got to be Blakely's dad, even though it meant great suffering. I rejoice that she is even gone, because she's with her father in heaven, the only one who can heal her. I still, though, do not fully understand why Blakely had to have alabar holoprosencephaly. I still do not fully understand why she had to die nine months later. I feel like sometimes Jesus in Gethsemane, asking the cup to pass from him, asking for another way. But as I reflect on the time of suffering that I went through with my family and with many people in our community, I would be lying if I said there was no joy. In some ways, it was during that time of suffering that I experienced the most joy in my life. One of the happiest moments of my life was falling asleep in my bed with Blakely and Emily by my side. Even though Blakely was struggling, it was the best feeling in the world to have her, to have Emily. 
to have Jesus who's going to take care of her when she passed, when her mission was complete. Thank you for listening to this story of joy and suffering. This is one of the most treasured stories of my heart. And as I share this story, I'm so proud of my daughter, how she lived amidst the suffering, how she died, and the legacy that she left behind. I'm so blessed to be her daddy. I can't wait to be with her again, and I know I will because of Jesus. Truly, Jesus is everything. So I want to invite you guys right now to pray a prayer with me during this season of uncertainty and suffering. Will you pray this with me? Father, here we are. Do what you must. We trust you. We believe all things are being made new. We rejoice in Jesus. Be glorified either by our lives or by our deaths. Amen. Thank you.